Lord. You are here. Brian reminded us in the welcome, we are in your presence. Paradise is now. So Lord, we pray for paradise. We pray that in this moment, in this space right now, that we would truly have hearts that are open by your spirit, ready to, to hear from you. We thank you for your word. We pray that you would illuminate it by your spirit. We would have this encounter of walking and talking with our Savior. Have your way, Lord, in your name we pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray together, amen. This morning, I want you to think about this. Pray for paradise. Pray for paradise. Turn to the person next to you and say, pray for paradise. Pray for paradise. Pray for paradise. We're in this series called Follow Jesus Together. It's this invitation where we believe that we are invited as followers of Jesus to a journey of growing in Jesus and going with Jesus on his disciple-making mission. And I believe this statement you just made of praying for paradise is paramount to our walk, is pivotal to our walk with the Lord. Seems to me one of the challenges as we think about praying for paradise is that we have a prayer problem. We have a prayer problem. One of my favorite uh, preachers, or one of my favorite dead preachers, I should say, is a guy named Charles Spurgeon. I call him the Spurge. He tends to say things really gently. And by gently, I mean the opposite. He said this about prayer and the church. He said, a prayerless church member is a hindrance. He is in the body like a rotting bone or a decayed tooth. Before long, since he does not contribute to the benefit of his brethren, he will become a danger and a sorrow to them. Neglect of private prayer is the locus which devours the strength of the church. Woo! Just coming right out with the punches here. Been thinking about this. Been challenged by this as I think about my walk with Jesus. And also challenged that as I think about my practices of prayer, over the last six months, the Lord has really been challenging me to think about prayer. And to think about prayer as, listen to this, more than a practice, but not less than. The last 25 years of my life as I've been following Jesus, my prayer life has been about a practice, about a thing that I do, about something that I'm supposed to do because that's what Christians do. And when I do it, here's different ways to pray, and I remember in Sunday school and church and all these different things that I've, that I've been practicing for, for most of my life, or at least watching other people practice. 
over the last six months, the Lord has really been stirring up in me to think about not just practice, but presence. There's this little book by this guy named Brother Andrew who wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God. A few months ago, a guy from our teaching team, Eddie, sent me this sermon by this guy named Tim Mackey. If you've ever heard of the Bible Project, he is one of the guys behind the Bible Project, and he gave this message called Prayer in Paradise. I've watched it about 10 times. I actually put a link at the bottom if you wanna go and watch it. A lot of the content that I'm gonna be sharing today is inspired by the things that I've learned from him. And this idea, as we think about prayer and think about paradise, and ask this question about what is paradise. He also, worked, he also is a part of this conference with this guy named Tyler Statton who wrote a book called Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. Another book I'd highly recommend. In this book, he, he writes about how he was in middle school, in junior high, youth, don't, don't miss this. And over the summer, he had been feeling this call that God had called him to start praying and he was a little critical or a little uh, doubtful about this whole following Jesus thing, but he wanted to go for it. So in the book, he talks about how he started walking around his school every day at six in the morning. He would walk around the school every day at six in the morning and he would just pray for everybody in the directory that he had in the, in the, in the school yearbook. And in the story, he talks about how this middle school kid, after the summer, he ends up going to school and he ends up talking to his principal and they give him a room to start doing this, this Bible study in and he starts inviting his friends. And, and long story short, three quarters of his class, 75% of his class start coming to this prayer thing over the year and come to faith in Jesus. And he starts living in this idea that prayer is, is, is more than a practice, but not less than. It's paradise with the Lord. What is paradise, you may be asking. Why does Logan keep saying paradise? What is paradise? For, for many of us, we could think of all sorts of things. I, I personally think of Hawaii. That's my paradise. You ever wanna bless me? You just send me to Hawaii, that'd be great. There's this question about paradise, and in the text we read today, we get a really interesting time in the scriptures where we, are, we see this reference to paradise, and it isn't in the most strange place. It's from the Lord on a cross, the thief on his right and the thief on his left, and there's these interactions that seem to happen. And Christ our Lord has this conversation with this thief. And the thief sees in this moment, as they're dying, he sees Christ for who he is, and he says to Christ on the cross, Lord, would you remember me when your kingdom comes? And Jesus says this in verse 43. He says to him, truly I say to you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, we've read this. Some translations have even done this, or we've always read this as, today you will be with me in what? Heaven. And I don't think that's a wrong translation, but I think there's richer, a richness to this and a mystery to this that I think is so profound. 
And the question is, what does Jesus mean when he's talking to the thief on the cross and saying, you will be with me in paradise? What is he getting at? What is paradise? And my hunch, the thing that I I think is true that, that the Lord has been stirring up in me is that paradise is today. Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise is today. This word paradise, if you were to do a study on this word in the Bible, we use the word in English paradise as we read this in the translation. It's this Greek word paradiso. Interestingly enough, if you look at the word paradiso, though hundreds of years before Christ came, there was a group of really smart people who translated the Hebrew Bible into Greek. They called this the Septuagint. And they translated the Hebrew Bible into Greek. And this word paradiso, they had an equivalent to the word garden, gan, in Hebrew. That paradise is the word garden. Now, if you know, Jesus knew his Old Testament, knew the story of scripture. Whenever you hear of a garden in the scriptures, what do you think of? You go back to Garden of Eden. You go back to Genesis 1 and 2 where we see that the Lord created mankind to be with him. And God created us in this perfect paradise and it was not even about the trees and the river and all of this. It was about his presence. I love that Johnny Cash song. And he walked with me and he talked with me and he told me I am his own. Johnny Cash sings that song, it's not his song. But he sings that song the best, sorry. And so we see this reference to the garden. We can go all the way back to the second page in the the story of scriptures and see the garden. But what's really interesting, you can also go all the way to the end in Revelation. In Revelation chapter 21 and 22, we see in the very first verses that it seems to be when the Lord returns, that when he comes back in 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 the final days, he will bring with him a garden and the people will then be with their God. And there's these, these, this picture of the garden restored and the tree of life. We don't have time to look at that, but I would encourage you, look at the front and the end of the scriptures, there's this paradise. So the question is, is paradise in the beginning? There's paradise in the future. To add to the question, I would encourage you to go look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and he's writing about what seems to be a paradise moment that has happened to him, not in the past, not in the future. He says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses two through four. Second Corinthians, whew, gotta get those. Once two Corinthians would be the right way to say it, right? He says, I know a man in Christ. Remember that word in Christ, that's gonna be important. Now it's really interesting, scholars believe that, or actually the text itself tells us that when, when he is talking about I know a man, he's actually talking about himself. <laughs> he says, I know a man in Christ who, who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, God knows. (laughs) And I know that this man was caught up, where? Into paradiso. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And he heard 
things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. Paradise in the past, is it in the future? Is it today? Yes. Interesting, you read even the book of Revelation, it says that John was in Patmos. He was on an island in Patmos and it says that he was caught up and he has this revelation and he comes before the Lord and it says that he sees Jesus in all of his glory as like this shining fireball. And he has this moment where it's like, well, he's, he's in the future, but he's also right now on an island in Patmos. And in Revelation chapter two, it says that Jesus shows up to the, to the apostle John, the evangelist, and he has this, he says, I, I have these seven prayers for the churches. Our ladies have been studying these prayers. If you wanna know about them, talk to our ladies in the Bible studies. They're, they're, they're going deep into this. But in one of these prayers, in Revelation chapter two, there's actually, a, 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 there's actually an invitation of you for, to you and me to paradise. Look at what he says. He says, he who has an ear, this is Christ speaking to the church. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. So not just to Paul, not just to John, not just to the apostles. He says, to the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is what? Paradise of God. What is paradise? I would submit to you that paradise is today, but also even more important. Hear this, church. Paradise is a person. Paradise is a person. It's not so much about a place that we get to or a place that we come from or a place that we long for. That's all of, that's all a part of that, but the confession of our faith is that paradise is a person, that paradise is the Lord talking to a thief on a cross saying, you will be with what? Me. The with me is incredibly important to paradise. You cannot have paradise without Christ, without the Lord. This is the story of scriptures. It starts in a garden with man walking and talking with the Lord and it ends in a garden and we are invited to have this on earth as it is in heaven now. We see a little picture of this in Luke chapter nine. Jesus is with his disciples and it says that they go up to a mountain. Whenever you see a mountain or the temple, you always kind of want to pay attention. Your radar kind of goes up. This is gonna be one of those like paradise moments. It says that Jesus shows up. He goes to this mountain and they have this interaction and this, and this thing happens, it's incredible. It says, he was saying these things and a cloud came and overshadowed them. This is like the cloud is a picture of the very presence of God. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. So they were on a mountain, but they were also in heaven. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. When the voice, don't, don't, look at this. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and they told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. Paradise is a person. Paradise is Jesus. In Ephesians chapter two, 
Paul writes, I believe, about this paradise. He says this, but God, being rich in his mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, hear this, even when we were dead in our, trans, in our trespasses. Remember Jesus with the thief on the cross? He is dying in his trespasses, literally. Made us alive together with Christ, in Christ. By what? By works? By right living? No, by grace you have been saved. By grace alone, and raised us. Look at this, look at what it says here. It's not talking about the future here. It says, this is a present today. Raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Heaven, paradise, garden, all synonyms, all this, this allusion to this awareness of God's people to the very presence of God, practicing his presence. It says, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Do you see the invitation? And the so what we ask ourselves as we read this, as we think about paradise being more than a place, being more than just something that we hope to get to something, but something that we are invited into on earth as it is in heaven. The question is so what? I would encourage you, remember the thing you said to the person next to you at the beginning, pray for paradise. Pray for paradise. I believe when Jesus taught us to pray, and he taught us the Our Father and the Sermon on the Mount, the sermon about the kingdom of God, and he said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's told us to pray for these moments. Now how do we pray, Pastor Logan? How, how do we do this? How do we pray for paradise? The first thing I would just say as you think about this is pray. Pray. Have words come out of your mouth that are directed towards God. Have thoughts come out of your mind that are directed towards God. Actually do it. Don't say you're gonna do it. Don't learn about doing it. Don't talk about doing it. Don't tell the person that, that you're in this awkward moment and they share something hard and you say, I'll pray for you. And then you move on and you feel better. Pray. And when you pray, pray for paradise. Don't pray to a God who is way far away and maybe he'll hear you. Pray to a God who is with you, who has given his spirit and put it in you. Pray with faith. Our groups this week, we're getting to, you know, today this is much more theoretical and much more just kind of wanting us as we think about praying to, to have an awareness of the presence of God in our groups. I would encourage you, if you're not in a group, go to a group this week. It's all about the practice of prayer. In the book, Organic Disciples, it's so good, helps us, helps us think about as families how we pray together, helps us think about the value of praying in scriptures, the value of praying together for the lost, for our lost friends and family and, and all of these things. I would just encourage you, please consider going to a group or at least getting on our website and watching the videos and having some space to think about prayer. 
But as we think about this, don't miss this invitation to truly pray. Now, maybe you're saying, Logan, I've been praying and I have not had that like heavenly third heaven moment ever. I'm with you. <laughs> Me neither. But I do think that something, at least in the last few months, as I've been praying about this and trying to be more aware about this, going on prayer walks, waking up in the morning and praying, trying to have time to, to raise my awareness to the very presence of God, I would encourage you. I think prayer is everywhere, and we just miss it. I think paradise is everywhere, and we just miss it. And it's not just in like those feel-good moments. It's in the hard moments. It's in the hanging on a cross moments. This past week, my daughter Ruth had surgery for her cleft palate repair. It's a pretty intense surgery. On the day of her surgery, I was going to the gas station, and I was thinking, you know what? I'm going to get Brianna her favorite candy bar. So I put my, got my gas pump in, ran inside, got the candy bar, and got myself a Dr. Pepper, and I walk out, I'm so excited, and I'm a little nervous, and I'm feeling this, this angst, and so I hop in the car, and I take off. You know what I forgot to do? I forgot to take the pump out of my car. And yes, I pulled the whole thing off. And I remember walking into the gas station attendant and saying, uh, this just happened. And she's like, oh yeah, it happens all the time. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'm not, I'm not the only idiot, right? I got, I, after that, we shared insurance, everything's, everything's cool. I got in my car and I was thinking about this sermon, thinking about going to my daughter Ruth and being with her when she wakes up from anesthesia and thinking, I can be in paradise right now. I don't gotta let this circumstance, I don't gotta let this frustration, I don't gotta let all this money, I don't, I don't, I don't gotta let that determine my attitude because I'm in paradise and God is with me and he's speaking into me. We have this invitation, it's everywhere. It's not just in those moments. Although it could be in a moment after, after Ruth's surgery, Brianna uh, has been, pr we've been praying, a lot of you have been praying for Ruth and, and she's texting me back and forth and, 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 and she says that you know, Ruth's been really sad, really just having a hard time and so she gets on FaceTime with her brothers and her sisters. Her eyes light up. And she got this little uh, Play-Doh ice cream truck for her birthday and Selah goes and she puts on this ice cream truck song and they start dancing and Ruth is in her little nightgown and she starts dancing in the, in the hospital room. And I believe that's paradise. And I believe that's paradise. And, and, and then this last week, I, I also got to go to the dentist. It's been a great week for me. And, 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 I'm, and I'm sitting in a dentist chair and they're working on my teeth and it's not going the way it's supposed to go and I'm in a lot of, a very uncomfortable. And I was thinking about this sermon and I close my eyes and I'm thinking, Lord, I'm in paradise. <laughs> and it was horrible. I want you to hear that. It, it didn't feel like paradise. I actually was struggling with anger. I was struggling. I, that's like the last place I wanna be but it was a confession of faith. 
but it was a confession of faith to believe that Jesus is inviting me into paradise. And even if I don't feel it, I'm invited in. I'm invited to say, I believe in the goodness of God, even in the junkiness of this moment. So pray for paradise. Pray and believe that it's everywhere all around us because God is with us. He's not far off, he is with us. So when Jesus was on the cross with the thief and he said, today you will be with me in paradise, I would say this, remember where you are. Hear this. Where you are is the same place the thief on the cross was. Where you are is a criminal who has sinned against the Lord, who does not deserve paradise, who deserves a much different place, a much different reality, and yet because he took on our hell, he took on our sin, he took on our penalty, he gives us paradise. Do you see this? So as Paul writes about this in Ephesians, he says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, grace. Not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are what? His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This great sermon by this pastor named Alistair Begg. Close with this idea. He talks about this moment, this thief on the cross. He talks about it's actually kind of a funny thing to think about. He gets to heaven, right? And he's before, you know, whoever's the gatekeeper. And he says, uh, what, what are you doing here? And he says, I don't know. <laughs> the gatekeeper says, well, um, do, do you know anything about like justification by faith? What's that? Right. Do, do you know anything about the inerrancy and the, the, the authority of the scriptures and the Torah and the instruction? He says, I don't know what you're talking about. The guy's like, well, man, I need, I need to go get my manager. <laughs> I don't know what to do about this. And so he goes and he, and he gets his manager and the manager comes to him and says, and, and they're talking and they're wondering, how is he here? He says, on what grounds are you here? And he says, the man on the middle cross said I could come. This is the faith we confess for paradise. The man on the middle cross invites us in, invites you and invites me to paradise. And it's not about the size of your faith that matters, it's the object of your faith. Jesus is the one that changes everything. Jesus is paradise, so I encourage you, beloved, let's walk in paradise. Let's live in paradise. Let's not wait for something that is far off. We do long for glory when it will be here, but we believe that we, when we walk out and we say on earth as it is in heaven, that is a reality. So with that said, would you pray with me and would we go to paradise? Spirit of God, thank you. Thank you, God, that you 
So graciously remind us, each of us, that we are invited to paradise, God. And for some of us, perhaps, we have wrongfully come to conclusions that, oh, the things that I've done or, or the way that I'm living or the mistakes that have been made or the experiences that I've had in church or whatever it may be, I, I don't qualify. Thank you for the reminder, Jesus, that none of us qualify, but we, it is our disqualified status that makes us qualified because you, Jesus, have paid it all. And so we just wanna declare our faith in you. We wanna declare, I believe in you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. And we wanna come before you as a body of believers that are in Christ. We wanna come before you. And I pray, Lord, as we sing together that you would give us a little taste of paradise. Have your way, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, amen.